Let's read the account as Luke the historian records it for us. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples ahead, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. It means it would be used for royal purposes. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying the colt? Say to them, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found the colt just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus through their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Palm Sunday reveals the ambiguity that confronts Jesus and his life and ministry, and it unfolded before the world. In Jesus, we see the humble and selfless leader, unbelievably courage, yet courageous yet gentle, incredibly truthful yet amazingly loving. We see a completely fearless leader who faces the consequences of being a different kind of leader. This ambiguity is no more clear than on the day when Jesus received shouts of acclamation which just a little later in the week turned to cries, Crucify! Crucify! And we remember that the disciples who sang Hosanna and praised Him as He entered the city were not the ones who shouted crucify just a little later that week. I believe for us, Jesus' physical journey into Jerusalem serves as a metaphor for this life. A lot of ups and downs. The journey began going from Jericho up to Jerusalem, up toward the city, then down to the villages of Bethany and Bethpage, then up on a donkey, then up to the Mount of Olives, then down the Mount of Olives, then up to Jerusalem, up and down, up and down, up and down. Joy, anxiety, no fear, worry. 
going great. Not so good. Up and down, up and down. You know what it's like. The Christian life is filled with lots of ups and downs. And you know, we Christian people are really good at covering it up with our palm branches. How's it going, Bob? Going great. How you doing? Fine. No worries. Or this one, it's all good. How many of you do that? Yeah. A lot of times, things really stink. How you doing? It's all good. Lord will never give you any more than you can handle. Right? I hope that today we can just be vulnerable before God. And maybe, maybe today's good. Maybe things are going okay and it's a good season. And we can honestly say things are really going well. Things are great. Thanks for asking. But when somebody says, how are you doing? Maybe you're not really doing all that great. And you might say, you got a few minutes? Because things aren't really all that good. It's a downtime. The Christian life is filled with mountains and valleys, seemingly unyielding impasses and stubborn dead ends. They said no, and I have sent a hundred resumes. I just keep hitting walls. The Pharisees tried to silence Jesus' followers. They were doing everything they could to thwart the will of God. Jesus, tell your followers to stop it. We don't want to hear all those hosannas. We don't want to hear all those praises. We don't want to hear anything else about all those miracles you did. Tell them to stop. But instead of cowering to them, Jesus told His disciples, my interpretation, keep singing and sing louder. Just like we did in the children's message today. Because I do believe firmly that nothing can silence the voice of hope. Remember that. Nothing can silence the voice of hope. Even if it's a down season. Even if it's Thursday night and you feel betrayed. Or Friday and you're carrying that cross. Or the depression of the darkness of Saturday. Nothing can silence the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. In other words, as Fred Craddock, one of my favorite preachers, he has gone to be with the Lord now, he says, quote, some things simply must be said. The disciples are expressing what is ultimately and finally true. God will provide a witness, though every mouth be stopped. Opposition to the Christian witness cannot succeed and the truth will come out. It cannot long be silenced. And what I believe Jesus is helping us to see here is that the creation even participates with God if our voices are stilled. Yes, the stones crying out is a figure of speech, but listen to a few of these passages And it might help us to hear and understand better what Jesus is saying. Genesis tells us that the sin of Adam and Eve caused the earth to produce thorns and thistles. Isaiah 
sings a reign of peace when cows and bears will graze together and the lion and the lamb will lie down side by side. Creation participating. Matthew's Gospel says that a star appeared to announce Jesus' birth and that the earth shuddered, earth-cracking rocks when Jesus died. An earthquake Matthew, Mark, and Luke's Gospel report that when Jesus was put on a cross, that there was an eclipse of the sun for three hours. Paul writes of the earth, of the creation, groaning. And in 8.21, Romans 8.21, the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Someday, through the hope that we have in the resurrection, even this broken earth will be redeemed and made as it was to be in the beginning. And if we are silent, we remember these words of Jesus that even the stones will cry out, creation participating alongside of us to bring acclamation to God. It reminds us that there is indeed one, capital O-N-E, one who is with us in death and in life on Good Friday and on Easter Sunday. If we go back to verse 37, we are reminded of how we can go back and claim hold to the miracles of Jesus when we are facing those times of betrayal on Thursday, the carrying our cross on Friday, the darkness of Saturday Verse 37, when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the what? All the miracles they had seen. When we go back and remember his miracles, the activity of God, it helps us to be reminded that God is still at work in this world today about redeeming and giving us hope for the future. Imagine that as the Messiah comes in, the disciples are remembering those miracles so much so that the Pharisees asked Jesus to tell them to be quiet. Maybe some of them were saying, oh, I remember when he came to the wedding and there were all those vats of water and he turned them into wine and the wedding feast was able to continue. Or, oh, I remember when he healed Peter's mother-in-law. That was just amazing. Or what about that time when the woman came up behind him as he was going down the crowded street? and she had been dealing with an illness for 12 years and she just reached out and touched the tassel on his robe and he stopped and turned around and ministered to her. I'll never forget that story. Or what about Legion who was possessed with demons and Jesus comes and heals him from the demons and they got uh, into the herd of pigs and the pigs all ran down in the water and drowned. I will never forget seeing that. Or what about that miraculous catch of fish that day? We could hardly bring them in. Or what about the time that the storm came up and the disciples were really afraid and Jesus just spoke and the storm stopped? I'll never forget that time when we were all there listening to Him teach and we were hungry. It was late in the day. We knew we wouldn't have time to get anything to eat. And then Jesus took the lunch from that little boy and broke the bread and gave a blessing over it and gave it to His disciples. And they served everyone and the food just multiplied. It was amazing. Just uh, uh, something that I'll never forget. Thousands of people had something to eat and there were even leftovers. 
I remember the time he walked on water and the disciples were so afraid. In fact, Peter even got out and did it for a little while and then he, you know, he kind of got scared and fell in. Or what about blind Bartimaeus who was healed and was able to see and said, I once was blind, but now I see. Or, or Lazarus just, just recently as Jesus was late getting to the tomb and Lazarus had been dead for four days and Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, get up out of the grave. And he got up and came out and he was alive. I'll never forget that. The disciples were recalling these miracles and the people were calling the miracles that they had seen so much so that it was so loud it bothered the Pharisees and they wanted him to tell them to be quiet. And he said, if these are silenced, the stones are going to cry out. Hold on to the miracles of God. They sustain us when we worry. They sustain us when we are anxious. They sustain us when we are in the downs of life. They help us to make it through our uncertainties. When Fridays come, remember this, when Fridays come, The miracles of Jesus help remind us to hold on to Sunday. You remember, some of you do, the African-American preacher who preached the sermon and included in it was that text, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Listen to these words. And may they give you hope as we journey through this Holy Week. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter is asleep. Judas is betraying. But Sunday is coming. It's Friday. Pilots struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirit's burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. 
It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross. Feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands God. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming. When Fridays come, we hold on to Sunday. Would you? Pray with me, please. 